This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners with some really good information on real estate and local real estate so that you know what's really happening here. And here we are on a bright and sunny downtown morning. Ah, you must have thought it was a pre-record when I said that. No, <laughs> it's raining today. It's Saturday morning. It It's raining. Uh, Finally. All I could say is it's about time. Finally. And our guest today is Rip Havdi. How are you today? Good morning, Don. How are you doing? Great. Rip is a um, manager for Remax Gold. Correct. And um, you do a lot of file review. That's correct. Oh, that... I used to do that. That's not easy. No. Nope. <laughs> Especially when you have to go to the agent and say, hey, yes. you need this form signed. Yes, sir. Uh, and it's that's after they've already gone and gotten everything signed. It, But, hey, we're going to talk today about why that's important and how it protects the consumer. Correct. The buyer and the seller. Correct. All right. So um, Let's, let's dive right into it. And then later on in the show, two things are going to happen. One, we're, we're going to talk about the market stats because I'd love to get your opinion. As a manager of, of a large real estate company, I, I think a market update from you would be really valuable. And the second thing that's going to happen, and Rip doesn't know about it yet, I've got a great question for you that I'm not going to... Uh-oh. Yeah, but it, don't worry. It's not personal. It does pertain to what we're going to review today. Awesome. But but in other words, you could not have prepared for this. Okay. Um, Bringing the heat. Yeah. Uh, this is the proverbial curveball. There we go. Ah. We're going to see if you could hit the curve. I was waiting for a Dodger fastball. <laughs> hey, we got a few of those. Right. Uh, hundred triple digit, hundred yeah. mile an hours. No longer. Um, no longer out of the question it's exactly. almost regular i know that was fast yeah all right so back when i started we right. that was a few years back um listing contract was one page long and we wrote it on a stone tablet yeah chiseled <laughs> chiseled it yeah um but and, and now just to list it, I mean, you're looking at 50 pages of documentation. Of course, that's if, if you're preparing with all the disclosures, disclosures for the buyer. Yeah. Let's go into it, and without diving into the details, what what are the most important, the, the in your opinion, the one, if there's one form that we had to keep, which would it be? Uh, the one form that we have and must keep is the real estate transfer and disclosure statement. That's got to stay. Okay. And what does that do for the consumers? It's going to protect both sides. It's going to protect the seller and the buyer. The seller has to disclose um, any additions, uh, painting, um, upgrades, anything that happened wrong, insurance claims, um, all the pertinent information that the buyer would want to know 
And then for the buyer, they're going to be able to see this transfer and disclosure statement within their time periods where they can look at it and say, hey, this had a cracked foundation, but it was repaired, engineered correctly, but they still had a cracked foundation. And they disclose, so it discloses this to the buyer. The buyer can say yay or nay at that point. Now, there's another reason why that has to stay. Yep. It's been legally mandated by the I, state of California for 30, 35 years. Correct. Like that. And it gets updated uh, every couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, although they still don't have the word solar in right? there. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember where it, we had to actually, uh, the California Association of Realtors had to go to our state legislature and ask them for a piece of legislation to add the word mold right into it <laughs> but therefore the birth of the second form yep the seller property questionnaire that's right that's, a, that's, that's another big one i think that one's also um it's legally as heavy uh, but it protects both the buyer and the seller equally yeah mm -hmm. and i'll give you a story as to as to why it protects the seller too I represented the buyer on a transaction one time and on the transfer disclosure statement, they put that in a heavy rain, uh, the backyard will pond mm. and it's really important to use or to have the gutters cleared so that the water will flow out. Uh, and there was a big tree in the backyard. In fact, the home inspector pointed that out too. Well, that was the middle of summer when they bought it and I guess they didn't think about it yeah during the winter heavy rain and that enclosed patio flooded, flooded. and I shouldn't say flooded it ponded right it and the carpet got all soaked and the buyer was upset and you know he was thinking oh, I'm gonna sue somebody right he's gonna sue the seller so I went and looked at all the paperwork to refresh my memory on it. And when I saw that, plus the home inspection, I brought it to him. And within two, maybe three seconds, the problem went away. The buyer said, oh, yeah, I remember that. Right. Darn it, I should have cleared the gutters. That's why it's important to have a good home inspection as well that takes pictures and puts them in the file for you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. My I voted sticker just fell off. Uh-oh. That, that, that was my joke. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was hoping you would fall for it, Rip. My I was going to tell you, I was a little late today because I had to drop my ballot off. <laughs> but yeah, either that or I haven't changed my shirt in a long time. No, I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. And those two forms, the TDS, the SPQ, which now let me let me let me correct you or not correct you, but I'll jump in right there. As real estate professionals, we always use TDS SPQ, but the consumer, the seller and buyer, they we throw that in there. We need to remind them it's the real estate transfer disclosure statement and the seller property questionnaire. I think we get too quick on using the acronyms and the, the, the um, abbreviations on our product, and we need to make sure we speak to the consumer so they understand what's going on. <laughs> Well, Rip, we, we only have an hour show, and yeah. sometimes when I'm sitting down at a <laughs> listing appointment, yeah. it takes well over an hour to go through all this stuff. Correct. Now, th let me just, this is not um, my company's stance or any company that I know. This is my own personal stance on the real estate transfer and disclosure and the seller property questionnaire. We're big into the electronic signing, especially with COVID. 
and everything else going on. But I encourage my agents that uh, when they're taking a listing presentation, that the real estate transfer and disclosure statement and the seller property questionnaire is not done digitally. Mm-hmm. I encourage them all to make sure it's done uh, wet signature, it's filled in. They're there guiding the seller on um, when they ask a question. They're not filling it out for them, but they're guiding them on all the questions and answers. Well, and let me add to that one. It also says on page three of the transfer disclosure statement that the listing agent did a diligent visual inspection of the Correct. property and an inquiry of the seller. Correct. So, and here's the example I always use. I listed my Aunt Nellie's house. This is back when that form first came out. She was well into her 80s at the time. And she had very thick glasses on, All right, uh, mm-hmm. which she needed. And I said, Aunt Nellie, how, what about that leak mark up in the uh, ceiling? Does the roof leak? No, it doesn't leak. There's nothing there. And I'm looking at it. And then I realized... This is why the agent also has to do it. Correct. She didn't see that. It wasn't real obvious, but and I could see somebody that doesn't have good eyesight, and she probably just didn't look at the ceiling very much. Mm-hmm. And um, but yet the buyer needed to know that. Right. And no, the roof did not leak. It was fixed. It the roof was replaced, and they never took care of that. Right. That happens a lot. Yeah. So they yeah. do the outside, they just don't finish up on the inside or just, you know, fix mm. the paint. And it wasn't her fault. Mm. My no. uncle. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not never they, their fault. They, they were great. Um, okay, so how about these agents that list a property digitally? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're from San Diego, Los Angeles. Right. You know, they've never been in the property. How Correct. Do they, how, how do they do that, page three, on the transfer disclosure statement? Well, if they sign it, then technically they never visually inspected the property, then actually it's a false statement. Mm. Or they have a representative sign it. Um, they have additional agent on file. That agent visually uh, views the property. That's the only way that can cover that. The other part that's important on that is on this transfer and disclosure statement, there's a box on there where the real estate agents, listing agent, and the buyer's agent check a box. See, either see attached notes, see attached AVID, or um, that's left blank. I AVID, see it. There you go with an acronym. Yep, yep got me. <laughs> agent visual inspection <laughs> disclosure. So that's why it's important and for consumers to look at all their documents as well, and the real estate agents to realize that if they check that box, um, which going back to file review, Don, yeah. I see a lot of contracts come through. Um, and the avid's not attached. So then I have to go back and say, where's your avid? So what I like to remind everybody is that if they check that box and everybody signs it, then that avid is supposed to be, uh, agent visual inspection disclosure, is supposed to be attached to the real estate dis- transfer and disclosure statement. If it's not, it still gives the buyer a three-day right of rescission. Okay, So and I was gonna ask you about that three-day. Yep. I- explain that more to our listeners. Well, we have uh, time frames in all real estate contracts. It's all about t- contracts and time frames. So you have uh, 17 days as a buyer to do your visual inspection and everything you want to get done. The seller has five days to get you their disclosures. So if this box is not checked, now the seller um, has opened a window for the buyer for another three days 
and they can do have an opportunity to get out of the contract if something comes up. So it just makes it a real gray area, and it's a lot. It's a problematic situation that I see in file review where this is not checked. The other biggest one is the natural hazard disclosure statement, which is also important. The NHD. NHD, <laughs> uh, but it's not signed until day of closing. And if this document is not signed until the day of closing, it's another one that gives the buyer another three-day right of rescission. All right. So that could just it just could mess up the water. And see, and I've always complained about the Dodd Frank Act on yes. with um, lending disclosures, and they do have a three-day right of rescission for the loan. Correct. But it doesn't come till the end of escrow, and I always thought that's it's an oxymoron. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good point because that really hasn't been addressed um, in our industry or the lending industry that much on that at the end. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a lot of deals have issues at the last minute right now because of COVID. Mm. Yeah. I think the reason it hasn't been addressed and it hasn't been a problem is because how many buyers want to back out and say, I didn't understand my 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Now, see, back when... They made the law. I think the law came about in 2012. After the collapse. Yeah. And, and, and so much of that was because of adjustable rate mortgages Correct. where people really truly did not understand how it all yeah. worked. Adjustable, pay option arm, pick a payment, all the... Uh... Yes. So um, now that the industry is basically a fixed rate mortgage, how are you going to say at the end of escrow... Well, I didn't understand what $1,329 a month meant. <laughs> right, yeah. That could be. That's a good reason. Yeah. Plus, the rates are under 4%. <laughs> yeah, so who's going to complain? So, on that note, we're going to go to our next, our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Rip Havdi of Remax Gold. And um, bumper music there. Put me in, coach. We're looking for some volunteers. We're looking for some people who want to jump in the game and give. Um, You know that our previous backup host, co-host, our association executive, Gerard Lozano, passed away on October 1st. Yeah. And it was kind of a shock to everybody. But, it, and I was overwhelmed by the amount of phone calls, people from around the state of California asking, gosh, is there anything we can do? As of yesterday, there now is something we can do. We're doing the Gerard Lozano Memorial Blood Drive in the spirit of cooperation. And that cooperation, spirit of cooperation is important here because what we have is different associations around the state nice. that actually compete for membership. They come, you know, um, anyway, we're all in it together. So the Madera Association of Realtors was one, the first one to jump in and nice. say, yes, we'll do That's it. That's great. Yeah. Then it grew to Kings County, Tulare County. Bakersfield to Hatchapi. Nice. All right. So, in the okay, the, I kind of expected those because they're in our region. Yeah. Not that I expected it. I'm so happy they right. did it. 
But um, now, yesterday, San Diego. Sweet. Uh, Long Beach, Oakland. These, they're putting on the Gerard Lozano Memorial Blood Drive in the spirit of cooperation. So a lot of their members don't even know who Gerard Lozano was. But they're going to do it. Nice. Be, because... Uh, Hey, there was enough of a contact there, and, and these are the people that said, is there anything we can do to help? Well, plus that, Gerard was a great guy. Gerard is a great guy. Yeah. I mean, he always had a smile. Yeah. He was one of the best, uh, you know, I'm really sad he's gone. So he was a good guy. Yeah. It seemed like everywhere I turned around, he was there. Yeah. So, um, and I forgot to mention the San Fernando Valley also. They're, they're in it. And they, That's in awesome. fact, when I called them and kind of gave them this pitch about joining in, after about 30 seconds, it's like, all right, Don, all right, we're in. Sweet. Quit talking. <laughs> that's great. What a great legacy that's going to be. And Gerard's a great guy. It just shows you the reach that Fresno has and what we do for the state of California. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's how you can sign up as of yesterday. That means you can do it right now or at least at the next commercial break. It's that quick. Go to FresnoRealtors.com. You'll see the uh, the spot on there about the blood drive. You click on that. It'll take you to a page where you can sign up. Uh, it's that easy. And uh, and and do it. Not Please. just for Gerard. Yeah. Do it for the people that need it uh, right. at this time. And no, Gerard did not die from a blood disease. No. But here's the link, the commonality. Gerard was a giver. Yes, he was. So we can all do that for him. Right. In fact, <laughs> I've got a guy right here in the studio. Doesn't want to do it, but he's going to. Nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see when the time comes. And it's November 30th. Uh, what a great time to do it. Yeah. November 30th through December 5th. Okay. So it's a Monday through Saturday. Perfect. So the biggest excuse is, oh, I'm busy that day. Well, you can't be busy the whole week. Um, next excuse is, ah, I'm tired, you know, afraid of needles. Okay. I, I, Legitimate. I legit, but I promise you the feeling, the great feeling you get from giving far outweighs the pain of when they take the tape off your arm and yeah. rips off the hair. Yeah. That, just that, don't, just don't look. Yeah. Just turn your head when it's done, be done before you know it. Just make sure you drink lots of water before you go. So you sound like a veteran at oh, yeah. blood. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get back to the forms. Um, and then remember, at the next commercial break, go click on there and, okay. and, and give. I'll do it. Oh, all right. See, got one already. There you go. Okay, so we talked about the use of the acronyms TDS, SPQ, AVID, right. uh, NHD. These are those the three, the four that have... A three-day rescission period yes. included? Correct. Is there any others that have that? TDS, or Real Estate Transfer Disclosure, Seller Property Questionnaire, NHD, and if the AV is not tied to it, that goes into it as well. Okay. So you want, as a seller, you want to take care of that early. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing worse than the last week of escrow having a problem come up. It, and, and usually you don't see problems that are legitimate reasons to get out but there can be correct uh, well it could have been a flood it could have been mold um 
like we talked about foundation issues, septic issues in our area, yeah. uh, well issues in our area. Um, death on a property. Death on a property. And that's real. And, and some of our communities, that's a big thing. Um, and it, on ours, the solid property questionnaire goes back three years. So the one thing I always like to tell the, our consumers and our agents is um, as soon as they move in, they're going to meet the neighbors. And there's always one neighbor that knows everything on the block. And they're going to say, hey, Joe, did they tell you about that flood they had a few years ago? No. Uh-oh. So the one I'm, thing we tell them, the sellers, is you over-disclose and you won't get in trouble. I'm kind of laughing right now because I always use that story about <laughs> there's always a neighbor. And the fact that you did it too, independent of my yep. my thoughts, means that it does happen a lot. Well, that's what I, I have. Uh, I tell our clients um, when they're interested in the house, and they ask me, what about the neighborhood? Because, you know, we're not supposed to really talk about the neighborhood that much because we we're not an expert. So I said, that's a great question. I get it often. What I recommend doing is after um, drive by the neighborhood on a Friday and Saturday night, see how it is, go knock on the doors of a couple neighbors and, and see what they think of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But they should do that in that three-day rescission period. Correct. Oh, yeah. And because if you are going to get out of the transaction, then it's better sooner than later. Correct. I One of my nightmares uh, was many years ago, I had somebody back out the last week of escrow and the seller had already began to move out to accommodate this. Yes. Um, and that, that hurt the seller yep. really bad. Yeah, so then the seller's damaged, mm-hmm. and then it brings in a whole different situation. Yeah. However, the buyer has an escape if they say, huh, I just received the NHD, right. or I just received the they, uh, disclosures. Yeah, so that's where the, the sellers, um, be mindful, you want to get this done as soon as, you, as soon as possible within five days, and you do it as completely as possible. Um, that, that buttons it up for the seller pretty tight. And I get this question sometimes where the seller says, um, hey, I want to cancel. They just got into contract. I'm like, well, that's a whole different subject, but that's come up as well in the past few years. You're talking about the seller wanting to cancel. The seller wants to cancel. Yes. Can they? No. <laughs> Not unless the buyer breaches the contract. All right. So, and but let me give you a, a case where they could. And that, let's say... Um, you, you give all the, dis- the seller gives all the disclosures to the buyer. Correct. The buyer's agent sits on it or the buyer sits Oops. on it. Yep. They don't respond. The seller gives a notice to, to perform. perform. Right. And says, okay, you have two days to return that or five days, depending what the, what the contingency is. Right. That's when a seller could cancel. Correct. That's what I mean, breach the contract. Yeah. And usually it's the buyer's agent, somebody not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but a seller has to be very careful using that notice to perform. Correct. Yeah, because uh, you're drawing a line in the sand. That's right. And may, oh, oh, here's a great example. I have one right now. The seller understands that it's not the buyer's fault that we are beyond our closing date. Correct. It's the lender's fault. Right. You can draw the line in sands that you want lines in the sand that you want right but the buyer can't nope. can't perform without the lender moving faster the sellers being wise by realizing that that buyer's doing all that she can and giving 
that, that leeway. Right. There, there will come a time when if it doesn't get done, then okay, maybe the problems are, are great. Well, let's say, let's say for example though, Don, that the seller and the listing agent, they decide not to deliver the notice to perform. They're gonna be nice. Oh, you know, it's a single family, single mom. Um, okay, we'll give them a couple more days and another couple more days, another couple more days. Now, now you have to deliver that notice to perform. Now you've added another two to five days on top of that for the seller to get the house back on the market. So that's why it's whatever the contract states. I always, when I have an agent come to my office and there's an issue or a question, I say, what's the contract say? Because it's black and white. <laughs> and that's what we're going to go by. And, and here's a really great thing. The contracts that realtors use mm -hmm. are written, designed, and thought, vetted, and thought through by the California Association of Realtors, who Correct. has a legal staff Correct. in the double digits. I don't know if it's 10 or 20, but... There's they're there, but before they make up a new form or change the wording in there, they run it by a group of realtors called the Standard Forms Advisory Council Committee. Right. And um, so you get that boots on the ground input as to why this wording needs to be changed. Sure. And I'm, I'm a strong believer in the California Association of Realtors, National Association of Realtors. Uh, with only outfits that actually protects consumers' rights for home ownership. We're trying to protect the taxes, uh, property taxes as well. We look after the consumer 100%. Now, um, we need to do a better job with some of our agents, and that's where the managers and owners come in, and, and we try to do a lot of training, or we actually do a lot of training on all this, and uh, we strongly encourage the consumers to use realtors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because realtors are organized real estate. Correct. If you have a real estate agent who is not a realtor, they're not, it's not, I mean, they can be organized. Don't get me wrong. But the likelihood isn't as great. There, well, there's not a code of ethics. Exactly. They don't, if they're not a realtor, they don't belong to the code. They don't participate in the code of ethics. Therefore, they don't follow them. So that's why we see some issues with some agents and consumers that have you know, bad experiences. And in, in defense of a real estate agent that's not a member, they can be more ethical. Sure. Than, but it's their choice. Yes. We don't have that choice. Nope. If I think that, oh, I'm going to turn this around. If Rip thinks that Don Scordino is not being ethical, there's some teeth behind this. Correct. You, you can turn me in to the Correct. Uh, grievance committee, the Correct. professional standards committee. Correct. And there would actually be a hearing. Yep. And uh, we'll come out of it friends again. Sure. Well, here's the thing. What the consumer needs to know is that we're an association, but behind the association, we work to protect the consumer's rights. They're, 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 they're number one, always. So we brokers, we call each other, and we go over situations that come up, and we try to take care of the consumer. If it's an agent's had an issue, then we take care of that. And we work, we work together to make sure that we take care of the, the consumer's number one. All right, great. Rip, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio today on this rainy day finally finally is rip havdi of remax gold in fact rip is uh, a manager Correct. and 
Probably the hardest part of your job is file checking. Yes, it is. Yeah. I do a lot of it. Tedious, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, sitting in front of that computer. Woo. Yeah. For hours. I've done that job before, and I do not. I don't envy you at all. Well, I will. The one positive thing about file review is I'm able to help the agents do a better job. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you're a good manager. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we talked about the transfer disclosure statement, seller property questionnaire, uh, the agent visual inspection disclosure, and the natural hazard disclosure. These are all things that the seller has to to deliver to deliver or also the uh, the seller's agent correct and fill it out and but there's a lot of other forms correct pages and pages and I'm gonna call these I call them generic because it's the same form whether it's in San Diego or Fresno uh, it whereas those first few the seller actually checks it off and, and makes an individual disclosure to that property. Yep. So tell us about some of those. All right. Well, so we have a, a statewide advisory. Um, that one covers, what is it, 14, 15 pages now? Yeah. It used That's, to be seven. You could tell by my response, it's not one of my favorite ones. Statewide. But I will tell you, though, um, and this is something I strongly recommend also, um, since we do file review so much now is on the statewide, um, it's a generic form, but there's a lot of information in there for the buyers. Um, check the permits, you're, you're free to do that. Golf balls, um, the neighborhood noise. I mean, there's a lot of things in there for the buyer to uh, think about. So as a seller or of a listing agent, um, if there's something that when I'm interviewing the, the seller, something that sticks in my head, I'm always gonna make sure and go over that uh, paragraph with the seller. Let's say it's a boundary issue. And um, this is a true story. I had a listing and I go to the house and it's been surveyed by the other neighbor and there's survey stakes through the garage. So the house is built over the property line. So we had to disclose this. And uh, th- luckily it got all worked out after the fact. Um, the lot line adjustment and it was an honest mistake. The one person owned both properties when they sold it, they didn't split the right, the line. Anyways, it could have been a huge mess. But when I got to that point, I made sure and had the buyer and buyer's agents initial that paragraph on the statewide about boundaries and made sure they acknowledged that we had talked about the boundary issue plus in the contract as well. But just to uh, safeguard that for the seller on that one item. I had something like that come up, and I tell you, I was scared for a while. So the, uh, somebody bought a, um, a beautiful, beautiful home in Yosemite Lakes Park. Um, and then come to find out when she went to get a permit for something about a year later that the property was built, part of it sat on the neighbor's property. And she you know and i don't blame her for being upset sure we went straight to the title company and said hey you guys issued title insurance on this what happened yep and this is why you get title insurance Correct. title company said first of all i want you to know this is our problem we will work it out and then i was impressed at how smart they were they found out that the lot that it encroached on was for sale for only ten thousand dollars about the lot 
They bought the lot and, gave it to and, the, and did a lot line adjustment, meaning they went to the county and moved the lot line, made that $10,000 lot a little smaller. They probably got to sell it for $8,000 now, but they solved the problem for not a lot of money. Nope. But the, the this is why you want title insurance. Yep. They told us right up front. This is our problem. We will take care of it. So that was a good title company. Yeah. Yeah. They stand behind their word. That's right. That's why we keep it local. Exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Because there's different types of title policies. Yes. Uh, this one was the Eagle policy, nice. the one that covers everything. Yeah. Whereas if, if you say, well, I want to use that title company in Orange County because whatever reason. my, my si cousin sister, my cousin yeah. works here yeah all right maybe you don't get that all encompassing policy maybe you get the basics yep and that would not have been covered nope and they'd been in trouble and everybody would be in trouble yeah all right so i think on this statewide buyer and seller advisory it even talks about title insurance and why it's yes. important it covers everything it gives everybody to notice and the, the buyer can do any inspection they want to do at their expense and they, they feel free to do it. They can check the permits, uh, if something's been done, all that. They look and see if they've, how old's the roof? They can go down and check the permits. That's always a big question. Mm -hmm. What so, if they find there is no permit on the roof? Well, there's something that, there's another, another item we have to look into. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I, I would say that's a case where you really now want to do a roof inspection. Correct. And with the roof cert. Mm -hmm. certification that's just an inspection but you're gonna want to get a roof certification yeah it, and you might find out that there was no permit but this roof is locked solid right all right but you had to go to a little extra work but you did it yeah well it also might find out how many layers are on the roof or it was over shake comp composition shingle over shake and they decided they had a handyman throw it up there i don't know that's a good good question that's a whole nother topic though i was hired as an expert witness on a court case that involved a roof five layers of old roof or the uh, the bad roof was the fifth layer on here and of course there was a weight issue correct especially with all the water getting in uh, and it was sagging uh, and that was not disclosed hmm. to the buyer and uh, i don't really know how the court case settled yeah. uh, well, you got to remember the seller has to disclose what they what's known at the time when they're doing their uh, real estate transfer and disclosure statement. It's what they know. If they don't know it, they don't know it. Mm -hmm. But if they did know it and they try to hide it, that's a different situation. Mm -hmm. For example, my aunt didn't know. Right. Yeah. So, so when in fact, here's one of the key questions on that transfer disclosure statement: Are you the seller occupying the property? Oh, that's huge. If they're not occupying it. They yeah. obviously are not going to know as much. They don't know yeah. if the fourth burner on the cooktop works. Correct. And that's what that's what's so important about this document. Um, the knowledge. If you know, you know. If you don't know, it's a no. And it's okay to say no because I don't know. You just make the uh, the um, adjustment on here. I, I don't live in a property. I, live, I never lived in a property. We see this a lot here where the parents uh, own the property. They passed away. The kids inherit it. I've never been here. I don't know anything about the house. We make the note, and that's what we do. One of my, I say this sarcastically, favorite forms is the market conditions advisory. Right. 
it almost seems like, wait a minute, are we taking away common sense in the use of it? Because in there it says real estate markets are cyclical and prices and values Mm -hmm. may change over time. I would think that people would know that without it having to sign off on it. It sounds like a disclosure you see under the TV after a financial statement. Yeah. (laughs) Financial (laughs) commercial. I don't know. I mean, sometimes these these, uh, disclosures, they get a little thick in the weeds, but we're ultimately here to protect the consumer and just they get a copy of it when they sign them and read them and go through it for that. So I was complaining to one of the CAR attorneys Mm -hmm. that, and he put me in my place. (laughs) I got set back. I said, you know, that more market conditions advisory is just really not needed. People know that. And he said, yeah, they should. They probably do. But for that one guy, that one buyer who's going to sue a seller yeah. because the value went from 300000 down to two fifty, because the market conditions changed, right. you, Don, are protecting your seller by getting that piece of paper signed. And I said, okay, I'll be quiet from here on out. Well, we all saw the market conditions change after 2008 to 2012. Yeah. Okay, earlier in the show, I said I was going to throw you a curveball. Oh, here it comes. Yeah, here it is. Let's see if uh, you can hit the curve. Okay. Let's go to a reverse universe or back in time. We don't have all these disclosures. Can a buyer still safely buy a property? Without the forms. Yeah. Safely. <laughs> okay, the curveball just went past you. Yeah, Strike flew over. Well, yeah, I'm like, that was, that's an open-ended question because safely, yeah, they could buy a house safely if they ask all the right questions, but without the proper disclosures, I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, here's what I was hoping you'd say. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to lob it to you. Uh, yeah. okay. Softball. Yeah. The buyer still has to go into this with their eyes open. Yeah, through their due diligence, correct. Yeah. Um, many of the things are visible. Correct. Um, sometimes you see a watermark on on the, the ceiling. Or not, excuse me, not the, the ceiling. Wall. On the wall down at the bottom. Probably will tell you Red there flag. was some flooding. Right. Well, that's where, like, I, in every transaction I do, I make sure they get a pest inspection and a home inspection. If they decide not to do that as a buyer, I make them sign a waiver. And I actually sign it two or three places to make sure they understand you're waiving this inspection. I think it's so important. Sometimes I almost say, you know, I really don't want to do this transaction unless you're going to do this. What if you have a two-year-old home? You still think a pest inspection is? Maybe not so much a pest inspection, but um, well, maybe, yeah, because let's do it. Because I'm doing uh, work on my own personal residence right now. And so I just had to have my house fumigated and subterraneans. So when I'm selling real estate, uh, the folks ask me, oh, what about termites? Well, there's only two types of houses in Fresno, ones that got termites and ones that are going to get them. Yeah. So um, and it was very expensive on my own personal residence. So just I, I would do it even though it's only a two-year-old home. You don't know when these things can show up. The second thing, I would still do a home inspection even on a brand-new home because there's still mistakes. Yeah. And it hasn't gone through the test of time. No. And with that, we are going to our commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN.
Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Mr. Rip Havdi here in the studio with us from re- manager of Remax Gold. Correct. Okay, you got to tell us, what does RIP stand for? <laughs> really interesting people. No. <laughs> no. No, come on, really. Oh, my real, <laughs> you want my real name? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Reber Cornelius Hovde III. Now, I got RIP as my nickname because my dad's a professional piano player. So in the late 50s, early 60s, when I was born, he would play the piano and organ at the same time. So he called him RIP because he's ripping up the keys. Hmm. That's how I got it. Wow, I did not know that part. Yep, something you never I, I knew, knew about Rip. Re- I knew the Reber part from right. a prior show that we did. Right. So, so also the local folks here in Fresno, my dad was a piano player at the uh, Daily Planet restaurant for a very long time before it closed. Oh, that was a great place. Right. So the heavy set guy looks like Santa Claus. That was my dad. He's I didn't still, know yeah. that. He's still kicking, playing a little bit. All right. Um, I remember going in there and seeing him. That's right. He was a staple. Yeah, yeah. So here's my question for you now. You're in management, yep. and so you're going to see the t- a lot of you're, you're going to see a lot of transactions. Correct. I want to give you some stats from the current market and get your take on it. Okay. And of course, it, your opinion. Right. Um, I'm going to. So anyway, what I did is I said, okay, give me the first 10 months of the year nice. so january through uh october 31st how many solds do we have and then i compared it to the year before and you're talking about the fresno association realtors uh yeah well and i should also say fresno county okay fresno so county. i limited it to fresno county uh and of course the fresno association realtors are mls we do a lot in madera and, uh, and surrounding counties but predominantly Fresno County. Right. Um, there were 7,130 sold properties compared to the same time last year, 7,492. So it's down. Yes. But look at, we went through COVID from March 19th to technically still now. So I don't think that's, I think we're doing great mm-hmm. as far as sales go. Yeah. Number of sales is great. Um, however, when you go to 2018, we were down also, uh, uh, 18 had 7,824, and then it dropped um, 350 for um, 2019. Yeah. So I, it is somewhat of a downward trend. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, inventory is still really low. I mean, inventory stayed low. Yeah. So it's not just COVID. It's the, the, inventory. the amount of people selling. Correct. What is it that's holding people back from selling? I just think uncertainty or people are just, they're just staying put until they're ready to go. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know why, since the bubble popped in 2008 and it came back from 2012, um, I've been, I've been doing the same um, search since 2008. So I searched Fresno, Clovis, single family and PUD. Friday, there was only 499 active houses on the market. That's it. And let's go back five years. What would the amount been? Uh, maybe 2000 Okay. It's, so it's we're at about real... 25%. Exactly. Um, and so this is not about COVID entirely. Mm. I mean, that probably is a contributing factor. But it's um, 
a lack of sales. And I'm going to go to, I'm going to throw something out there too. Another curveball. I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, this is a fastball. This is going right. to go right by. Okay. So I, I, I loved your word, uncertainty. Yep. But I think part of it is uncertainty about where that seller is going to buy. Correct. Because they know it's hard to buy out there. Correct. Or they have to get a replacement property. So it's tough right now. You have a lot of contingencies right now. And it makes it tough for the seller. Mm -hmm. So my advice is do it in stages. If you can buy first. Correct. Buy, move to into an interim place. Yes. Until you can, uh, and then sell your place. Yep. Uh, uh, excuse me. If you buy first, you don't have to do that. But um, it's the reverse. If you're going to sell first, then you got to move to an interim place. Right. All right. But um, that will help take away that uncertainty, and then you can buy what you want to buy. Correct. And also, it's a better, it's a more smoother transaction for your, for you as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, so the number of solds is down, but let me give you something that's up. So from same period of time, 2018, the median sales price was 265,000. In 2019, that jumped $10,000. To two hundred and seventy-five thousand. Okay. This year, it has jumped twenty-eight thousand to three hundred three thousand. Yep. So, competitive bidding. Correct. Yeah, com competitive bidding is over the top too. Also, when we're looking at our numbers, Don, we have a lot of new home sales in our area. So I think a lot of folks are buying, are moving into new homes, mm -hmm. new home construction. Yeah. All right. Now I also see that. 71% of the listings are selling in the first 30 days. Yeah, it would be, it would be higher than that, especially with our inventory. Um, if the seller would take a little bit of time and get the property cleaned up a little bit, fresh coat of paint, um, or get, get it organized where it's not messy. I see a lot of pictures on MLS that are, don't look so good. Yeah, so why you, would you want to buy that property? Yeah, so you want to put your sellers, you want to put your best foot forward best foot forward when you're selling your home is to get it cleaned up um it's like you're going on a date let's get all dressed up and get ready for that date because that's what you've got you've got a buyer coming into your home we've got eight to 30 seconds on the first impression on if they're going to make an offer or not hmm. that's a good way to put it the analogy of a date <laughs> it is well that's you know we're marriage counselors we find people fall in love and then they get married and now we have a house <laughs> all right um and I'm going to add to it. It's not just cleaning up the house, but it's making the home accessible to buyers. That's huge. Oh, how many of them are, um, you know, you can only see them on Friday afternoon or. Yep. No. Uh, That's uh, yeah. not good. No, you want to make it accessible and uh, appointment only is OK. But anything more than an hour um, is not it's going to discourage the buyers. The other thing I really want to encourage the sellers on is when you have an appointment, don't be in the house while the buyer is going through your house. I'll give you the best reason why, and it came from a five-year-old. Huh? Seller's following us around the house. Oh, no. Yeah. And she goes, and here's the bathroom. And the five-year-old looks in the bathroom and goes, this is gross. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt the seller's feelings, but you know what? The kid said it as it is. Yep. All right. We have in 30 seconds or less, what do you want our listeners to remember the most about today's show 
Well, I'm a real estate manager, and it's forms, 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 disclosures. So sellers over-disclose. We don't have an issue. Buyer, make sure you look at all the disclosures that are presented to you by the seller. All right. And thank you. And I do want to let everybody know, next week, we're going to be on one hour early from from 8 to 9 to accommodate uh, the Bulldog football team. And we have an attorney on, Louis Coronado, who's going to be talking to us about landlord-tenant issues. Thank you very much. Don't Talk forget to you later. The blood drive. <laughs>